0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Command Point Podcast. I'm Ryan, as always, here with my co-host, Shane. Hello. And uh, for this week's episode, we're getting a chance to talk to Janice Gillum, who uh, finished number two ITC overall for Kill Team in the previous ITC season. Um, great player, goes to a ton of tournaments. Yes. Yeah. and uh, real, real journeyman. So, yeah. yeah. Just all over the East Coast. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's really interviewed Janice. Which no. is surprising to me. Uh, yeah, Janice is a fantastic player. One mm-hmm. of the best players right now. Yeah. Um, lot, lots to talk about with her. She goes to so many events. Yeah. Um, uh, but I guess there's a few other things we can talk about before we get on to the uh, talk with Janice. There's been yeah. a few events that have happened. Today and, and, and yesterday, we're, we're recording right now on the uh, 23rd of February, so the Bad Moon tournament happened this weekend, as well as a couple big ones in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we can start with Bad Moon, because that's... It's what I have pulled up on my phone yeah. right now, yeah, so we'll talk about that <laughs> one first. So, uh, probably the uh, the guy who, or the uh, person that won its name is uh, Damien Poisonier. Jeanier? It's a French Jeanier. name. Yeah. It is. His name on uh, the last discord is Alfonso Re- Reinecki, something like that. Uh, I've seen him around, and and then he, he took Harlequins to Bad Moon, and he went 5-0. and oh. Yeah, and there were two other players who also took Harlequins to Bad Moon mm-hmm. who finished in the top five. Harlequins came in first, second, and fifth place yeah. at this tournament. And then you pair that with the fact that um, I believe his name is Alvaro Lorenzo, Took Harlequins to that first Spanish tournament, um, the the GT on the first day of the uh, ITC season, and he took first in that. And I'm noticing that Harlequins this is are, weird are dominating the European meta. What is going on? I don't know. Um, this tournament was slaughter zone, I believe. So was that GT. Yeah. So uh, Harlequins, they still they still only have like the one model, the one player. Hmm. Um but they did receive a few new tactics and stuff in the annual. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's something there that players are seeing that they're liking a lot. Um, I think you can fit another player in at 125 points, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. I so you, you get seven, seven total nine, nine 125, I thought, well, at a hundred, you can only take six Really? or at least that's well, how I, um, I might be way off on my math here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah. Uh, either way, Harlequins are clearly a lot better than, 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 than us Americans. Think, think. Yeah. <laughs> no, the European meta is just so far ahead yeah. from our American troglodyte brains. We yeah. just can't even. They're 50 years in the future, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're and doing They're going mean, to be mad as hell when. Uh, we catch on to the meta and yes. games workshop is like still six months behind yeah. their meta at that time <laughs> so it's just we're going to introduce the croup meta over here in the united states i they, they, th- they won't I'm be ready they won't be ready roll up in my mouth um okay Ugh. so yeah uh the top five for the bad moon slaughter zone were damien poison a hey, poison. Uh, yes. poison poison the poisoner damien the poisoner yes uh robbie sweeney uh running harlequins Peter Worsley running Admac. Now that uh, is an English name. That is Peter a, Worsley is yeah. a, is a classic English name. Yeah. Uh, Rob Ivy with Tau and Alex Temple with Harlequins. So uh, yeah, congratulations to all those guys. Okay, so we are here with Janice Gillum, uh, the number two ranked ITC player from uh, the the 2020 Kill Team season. 2019. Right? 20, 2019. <laughs> 2019, 20, yes, 2019, now into 2020, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how's it going, Janice?
1: Good, how are you guys doing? Good.
0: We're doing great. It's uh, it's it's cool to have you on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming awesome. on. Hey, no problem. I great. guess, yeah, I'll, I'll start off. I just wanted to ask before we get into any of the, the tournament stuff, uh, how did you get into Kill Team?
1: Well, uh, kind of going all the way back, uh, I started playing back in the Rogue Trader days, So I picked up the first copy of, uh, first printing run of Rogue Trader back in 87, 88, and just have been playing 40k in one form or another uh, since then. Uh, I originally started off with Gene Steeler Cult back in in Rogue Trader, and in second edition moved into Chaos, which has been uh, Death Guard in particular, which was my 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 GM for the longest time uh and then fast forward 30 years uh mm-hmm. when 8th edition came out and they started with uh, death guard as a as a real faction as mm-hmm. a full, fully fledged faction uh i started getting into them and then when kill team came out uh my one of my really good friends one of my best friends ben cash was going to be running Nova in the Nova event. And we started playing around with it to get him familiar, to be sure he was 100% familiar with the rules for for TOing that first year. And that's what really got me into, into uh, playing Kill Team. Really
0: cool. cool. Uh, so now I want to ask, what got you into Osseryani in particular? Because that's <laughs> kind of what you've, what you've made a name for yourself playing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. It's kind of my my friends out here really kind of get a kick out of this because for the longest time, starting in second edition, I despised the Eldar. (laughs) It was, it was one of those, I hated playing against them. I hated pretty much everything they stood for. And uh, back in 2007, 2008 when games workshop was doing the art boys tournaments uh, mm-hmm. I got involved with them and did quite well, and was getting a lot of prize support. Now, in some of the, like in the more local uh, uh, tournaments for the first round, mm-hmm. they were giving away the prize support was a certain number of models, and the store owner typically uh, gave gave the gave the uh, prizes. You didn't get to pick. So yeah. it seemed every, ti- every time I was doing that, I was getting Eldar boxes, uh, like Guardians <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, what was it, Guardians. I got some Rangers and some Dire Avengers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when me and Ben started playing Kill Team, I was originally starting with uh, the Gene Stealer cult and Death Guard. And I was thinking, you know, just to change things up, I have all this Eldar stuff that i've won over the years i might i'm gonna put some of that together and uh and make a kill team out of it and i started playing with it and was having a lot of problems with it playing against ben he's it's just he's gotten my number it's i very rarely have won against him Mm -hmm. and uh so i was playing them and even though i wasn't winning with them i was giving him a run for his money and when Nova came around it was the only team I had that was fully painted and everything and it's like you know I'll take them to Nova and see how I do yeah and well kind of the rest is history from there yeah that's
0: hilarious (laughs) yeah and
1: so my friends out here since they know I hated Eldar for so long Mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah you're getting known as an Eldar player and they (laughs) constantly mock me about it
0: okay Because, I mean, that's pretty much what we all know you for as yeah. Eldar. Yeah. So that's, that's really funny to hear. Well, yeah. actually, uh, this, is, this is one of the questions that I have written down coming off of that. You've also been having some recent success with the Chaos factions, like Thousand Sons yeah. and Death Guard. Uh, how do you think that those two factions in particular uh, stack up competitively?
1: Uh, I'm thinking that under the, with uh, Kill and Hold... I think they have a much better better standing than they did with just hold one, hold more,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, with the ability to choose your secondaries now, you can really tailor your list to <laughs> to go for that. Okay, I can I can definitely uh, get my points out of this as opposed to if with the draw of of your secondaries and only getting say positionals and you're playing death guard who, which is one of the slowest factions. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to, to make up those points. So with being able to choose what your secondaries are and being able to base it on, uh, kill and hold, I think you had, the chaos factions have a much better, a much better standing competitively than they have in the past.
2: Mm.
1: Now that said, uh i'm thinking for my death guard that i'm working on uh poxwalkers are kind of a trap in a lot of in a lot of ways because you give up a lot of kills with them
0: yeah
1: uh against some uh against some uh other factions like just this evening i played against me and ben got together and played a game and i was using death guard versus his thousand sons and being able to feed a pox walker those smites because he was running he was running the dual sorcerers and it's just like right feed him feed him a pox walker every turn and Mm -hmm. hope for the best Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so uh one thing i have two questions i want to ask you but i'm going to start with this one um so you say you play with uh with ben obviously so generally speaking what's your like tournament prep like how do you prepare for for events and and i guess train in that way
1: uh, there's a lot of theory craft with with uh, the way I build my lists, uh, so I'll get some put something together and kind of think of how it may may work against uh, against lists that I've gone up against. Uh, ben is a very competitive player, so he's really one that when I get it's like okay, I'm, pre- I'm prepping for a tournament uh, and we go by the tournament pack and i'll put my list up against his thousand sons or his nids uh and sometimes his uh admec which he just started started working with and mm-hmm. he's really kind of kind of my litmus test because like i said he's a really really good player really competitive uh and i have some other folks in my in my local meta that just come over to my house and play mm-hmm. uh, so i can i can Throw throw up against uh, some Necrons and like Harlequins and some Tau as well. Mm-hmm. So, so that uh, really helps me kind of get prepped for for a tournament. Uh, I've done a little bit of the Sad Hammer, but not not uh, to the degree that uh, some of the other top players do. But one of the things that I I do when constructing my lists is. Betting that no one's going to make a save, so that way, (laughs) if if I kind of base everything that I'm building on, it will all go wrong. So how can I mitigate? How can I mitigate, uh, and still and still come out with a decent score if everything goes wrong? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to approach it. Is and I know some people who do the sad hammer will actually start kind of, like, they'll start their game in, like, a disaster situation and just see how they can play their way out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, and my... Yo, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, uh, for some things, for what I do is uh, basically kind of go with the low end of averages, because in just about every game that I've played, nothing goes with the averages. It's always... Someone's rolling lower than worse than normal and someone's rolling higher than normal.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of a thing that happens where sometimes you feel like you have to not take a game so much like the result so much and like seriously, because yeah. the dice were just so crazy. Like how indicative uh, is this of, of an actual tournament yes. result? Yes. yes. Um, a thousand times. Yes. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another thing <laughs> I wanted to ask you and, and um, kind of related to that is because you travel to a ton of events obviously you go to the majors even on the west coast um but as far as east coast you're going to events all over the place so i was wondering like how far are you actually like like what's your limit like how far are you usually willing to travel for like a non-major event
1: uh for a non-major uh i'd be willing to go like 150 miles uh radius around uh the dc area uh okay down to uh battlegrounds is where i typically go to because i know george uh is running tournaments at least once every month mm-hmm. down there so i try to hit his events and i love his store too i mean it's just a great a great store and a great environment and they have all kinds of stuff that's non uh you typically don't see it in other stores they got a lot of the direct stuff there but that's yeah. neither here that's neither here nor there but i haven't gone into the northeast much uh i've just stayed kind of maryland and south
0: okay yeah that seems like go ahead
1: i was just gonna say and then for the majors uh i'm planning on hitting socal again this year and of course lvo
0: yeah uh yeah i mean it's maryland dc area like virginia that whole little spot there's a lot going on over there yeah and for us we're in new york so there's not so much in the northeast like that um Obviously, uh, there's third eye games coming up in Maryland, yep. So I'm making I'm making a six hour drive down there, so that's why I was wondering if like how far you go. To, yeah, well, to I'll just see you go, there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm excited to play you there. Hopefully, um, uh, the, obviously, yeah, the majors are kind of a must must hit, especially with oh, the way yeah. the ITC rankings work out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I do want to try to get up to into your guys' area at some point because I saw there was some tournaments coming up up in the Rochester area
0: yeah that's yeah. us that's uh there's one at the end of March um yeah, our cool. local store has a has a ton of space and um I mean we kind of just reached out and we're gonna start doing a quarterly Seasonally. tournament yeah yeah so like yeah. probably oh, okay. shooting for about four a year
1: oh nice at least so, yeah, yeah, as... I'll definitely try to make it up there at some point
0: yeah and then there's there's some other stuff at the end of the year that we haven't really like flushed out yet, but big big yeah big plans in the works <laughs>
1: Nice.
0: so speaking of tournaments yes. Uh, A lot of different tournament packets, they approach secondaries in a lot of different ways. Some of them are free choice, and some of them you, like, roll a die, and that determines what sort of secondaries you can select. Um, Which uh, method of selecting secondaries, I guess, do you prefer, free choice, or you have a list? And then um, I have a follow-up question regarding secondaries after that.
1: Okay. Uh, I guess kind of my i have two that are kind of my preferential the draw random and the complete pick uh are the two that i like the d12 one i've been burned on that a few too many times
0: yeah right
1: with with it's like oh i'm playing custodies today and we got got the number (laughs) that has mostly positional (laughs) yeah yeah but uh i get i guess going with uh with having played kind of the Nova meta the most and going with the, uh, what is it, the ultimate Ultima mission. And that's uh, what I've played the most, so I'm used to that. And when I build my rosters, I kind of have a, a few together. It's like, OK, if I get positionals, here's what I'm going to take. If I get killy wands, here's what I'm going to take. But I do like the being able to choose your your secondaries because you can really build your list to what you want to play, uh, mm-hmm. and that's with my Death Guard that I've started. Uh, I've been able to okay, I'm going to go to this event and I'm going to go try to be all killy. And you, for instance, the BAO pack, I can take Reaper and. Uh, Uh, what is it obliteration the one that gives you the uh, if you roll more than one die in the for an injury roll you get the bonus there so i can really uh create a list that i that i want to take based around around the objectives that i can i can pick from now that being said you can turn it turn your list into a one trick pony and if word gets out uh, of oh you're picking she's only picking these these three Mm -hmm. then people can can kind of work their own lists around that depending on what they brought i mean if they brought custodies, that's (laughs) they only have a certain (laughs) a certain choice yeah but uh because that was a downfall to uh alex the kid for at lvo is he was always taking the same three objectives one of which being that uh hold an objective for for the entire game
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and er, going into it people knew oh he always takes that so that backmost objective we got to get somebody back there and, and clear it off so we can deny him three points at the end of the match so that's that's kind of the trap that i worry about with the building your list around the object the a certain number of objectives because you get you get tied to those and get you can get bogged down by them too
0: yeah. yeah, and not just objectives, but like kind of like a play style. Like Ryan and I went to a Ithaca tournament recently, and Ryan, you you played a guy who deep strikes a Gray Knight Terminator every game. Yeah, and you played him, and then I had to play him the next round. You let me know that he was doing that, and I just totally kind of, I was very prepared for that in advance. And I think that yeah. kind of having just a one play style that that you don't really adapt too much, it can it can hurt you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, definitely. And yeah. with with my builds. Uh, you've seen it with my with my asherah eldar <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> uh that uh, i have i mean it's turned into kind of the standard eldar build but mm-hmm. i have where i can go all melee if i need to i have the two the ex the two uh fighty exarchs and i always have one Banshee, and one Scorpion if I want to go heavy melee, and then I also have that ability to go real shooty if I need to, if I mm-hmm. want to turtle and let a horde come to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the um, the follow-up question to the secondaries is, um, I'm not sure if you follow uh, like Big 40k ITC very closely, but... Uh, um, so in Big 40k ITC, if I'm not mistaken, the way they handle secondaries is... There are like kill base secondaries and positional base secondaries, and the okay. players they need to choose one kill base secondary, one positional secondary, and then the third secondary is a choice from either of the two. Okay. Um, so, how would you feel about a tournament packet that would have a that would handle secondaries in that sort of way?
1: Uh, I think it would be it would be beneficial to the game that way. Uh, I mean it would I'd have to adjust the way I build my lists yeah uh for 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 choosing choosing my secondaries but uh depending on how they shake out I mean if it's a three corners secondary that's kind of hard to do with a slow faction mm-hmm. but if it's just a uh sit on an objective or hold uh two obje- the two objectives closest to your your deployment zone or even uh not scout the field, engage on all fronts. That's mm-hmm. that's easy enough to do, even with a slow team, unless yeah. you get like the three inch <laughs> deployment zone on the board yeah. on the <laughs> board edge. <laughs> but in an arena map, uh, you can usually get to all four corners of the board pretty readily, even even if you're holed up in one of the small rooms on the corner.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I would be. I mean, I could adapt to it. It would be something interesting. That way, you don't have uh, Tao just taking 100%
2: secondary
1: yeah, right. or uh, 100% positional and turtling or sending all their drones out everywhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So um, I didn't write down this part, but I, this was something that we were talking about earlier. Um, also, in Big 40k, um, all of the uh, both players they know each other's secondaries before the game even starts. In kill team, as so far as I've seen from like all the tournament packets and just how the uh, the secondaries are hidden from your opponent until you score them. So, how would you feel about kind of playing with an open hand in terms of secondaries instead of declaring what secondaries you have as, you, as you're scoring them?
1: I would actually like to have an open hand uh, mm-hmm. to know what you're going up going up against. That way, there's not any of the shenanigans that you have to worry about
0: yeah right
1: uh the example is again with and this burnt me in the uh, pods when i was playing against uh alex he was on his objective the entire time and it's like oh i'm not even worrying about that because i forgot that secondary was even in the packet yeah Mm -hmm. whereas if it was a hey here's what i'm what i'm taking then i could review what i have and go oh now i need to get this guy off of (laughs) off of this objective
2: mm-hmm.
1: so i think i think it would be uh good and it would add a lot more uh a lot more for people being aggressive in in play depending on what what they what the what the objectives are and what they're running
0: yeah cool okay. well that's good to hear because those were just sort of like random thoughts that i had today <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, obviously, the, the meta kind of has shifted towards tournaments doing kill more, hold more, as opposed to the Nova style, the hold one, hold two, uh, which do you have a preference on that? Do you think that one of them plays better than the other? Do, how do you feel about those two? Uh,
1: I I like both, but I've been kind of enjoying the uh, uh, hold and kill because I'm, rather, I'm a rather aggressive player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen some of, my, <laughs> some of my games before. And I like to try to take out as much of the enemy as possible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I could actually score points for that now rather than just uh, try to kill them off of objectives, the fact that yeah. I, can, I can score point, at least one point for, for killing some things, I, I think I'm leaning more towards that. But I know Nova is going to be running the, just the hold one, hold more. And it's just I have to adapt my play style for, for the uh, tournaments that are going to run that. And it does seem like, like you said, the meta is shifting towards the hold and kill. And it's just going to be a handful of events that continue running the uh, hold one, hold more.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I guess moving on to like actual past experiences, because you've been to a ton of tournaments. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you just on a personal level, if you have any, like, I have it written down. What, like, what is your most memorable, if you had to pick one, what is your most memorable experience in, in, in any tournament that you've attended over the last, I guess, year or so that you've been doing it?
1: <laughs> most memorable experience? Uh, yeah. I don't, there, there's a lot of little anecdotes, more than one <laughs> big, big memorable experience. Uh, I forget the guy's name that I played, but it was in the, uh, nova gt when i mm-hmm. first dropped the uh the wraith blade it was the first time i used the wraith blade <laughs> yeah. and that and that was one of the ones watch, he's using a wraith blade what, what is this madness mm-hmm. but uh i when we drew our secondaries i had uh domination and it was an it was an arena board and he was playing uh imperial guard and i just ran that uh Blade up and parked it on the center objective and the <laughs> the guard player was like, well, I have nothing that can can handle this. So yeah, I'm gonna just have to concede those those points oh, to you because oh, God. I, I'm not going in there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was a chunk of points, but it it I feel he him sitting there on that center objective really got me the uh got me the the win. <laughs> or at least put me over on yeah. the win on that one uh another one that stands out and i feel i feel really bad for this was my game against beer and at oh LVAC. yeah
0: i can't i didn't we didn't even write that down i yeah we were going to talk about this
1: yeah but that just the sheer fact of everything was kind of coming up janice on that one yeah with the And that was the first time that I used the Webway Assault as well and (laughs) brought those guys in and it was just (laughs) delete, delete, delete.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was that your first time like meeting uh, Birnit?
1: No, I uh, initially played him and met him at uh, SoCal. Oh, okay. And he was running at SoCal. He was running the uh, Gene Stealer Cult Horde, Mm -hmm. which... Uh, was 20 some or 20 uh uh gene sealer cultists of i forget the faction or the sub faction but it's the one where you can uh have the extra advance uh twisted helix
0: oh yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: and i he ran roughshod over me in that there was just nothing i could do because it yeah. was just i got swarmed so quickly yeah so yeah it's it's little things like that that stand out more than just games in general it's just like moments in the battles that that uh that stand out
0: yeah no i totally understand what you're saying um i mean you've got so much like experience playing tournaments compared Mm -hmm. to like i'd say the vast majority of the players on itc you just hit so many events last year yeah um Um, about the uh the Birinid game at lvo um did you Like, was it just he was getting like diced super hard or did you just think that the list he had brought was a poor matchup against Ostriani or was it a a combination of those things or?
1: I think there was somewhat of a combination of of events going on there. I knew he was running big bugs Mm -hmm. and uh, just when I sat down and was like, okay, I need to I'm building out my roster. It's like. I need to do have enough big damage weapons on the list on my on my uh muster to be able to deal with this. And it was just kind of the perfect storm of of weapons and the fact that I had some above average dice rolls going on there. Granted, I was hitting on threes and fours, so odds were were mostly with me and then if I did hit I'm at strength eight and ten for the fusions yep. and strength six with the star and so yeah so yeah I... it was it was just one of the and he, and he had no saves when when I did hit because of the the uh AP on the on the weapons
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it was funny because it's like okay how many wounds does he have oh I he has four wounds, and I'd immediately roll a four. I never rolled above <laughs> the number of wounds I needed. I it was always that. right on:
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was I actually went back just like a few nights ago earlier this week, and I, I watched the the stream of that because I watched it when it happened, but it was all so quick and I couldn't even process what was happening. right. But I watched it again, and it's actually crazy because turn one, he got a charge on your a successful charge on your start cannon and the uh, the gunner on it. Yeah, and it, it's usually the, uh, when that the com- happens. The
1: comms, Gunner, because that was my comms <laughs> character.
0: Yeah, usually when that happens, that's it looked really bad, and then oh, you, it did. You did the webway strike, and you just blew him off the board.
1: Well, that was that was it. It's like okay, I'm kind of boned here because <laughs> he's got this lictor up in my face, turn one, and it's just like, well, this game's going sideways already, <laughs> <laughs> and then he only managed to do a flesh wound to one of the things I believe, I think it was a flesh wound because Lictor only does one damage, which is a downside to that, mm-hmm. to a lot of the stuff he has on that list. Or was it a ravener that came in? I think it was a ravener because it had the huge movement,
2: uh-huh.
1: but even still it's, it was only one wound or uh, one die roll for the injury. So, so, luck was in my favor on that one and then and then like you said the webway strike and then it just went downhill for him there and i still feel really yeah. bad about that one I mean, <laughs> you heard me apologizing through the I whole did, match. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was very i mean it was i mean obviously we like beer in here but that game was hugely entertaining to watch <laughs> yeah because I, I think yeah. it was the first game that was streamed something for us. like that yeah and, What a way to kick off LVO, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think that was the first streamed match of LVO.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is cool. Okay, to like really, oh, Berenid, yeah, oh, oh no, (laughs) what is happening? (laughs) A a Wraith guard has just teleported in front of him. What is happening right now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, like you said, it was really one of those, uh, I think you said it was uh, the basketball team that got beat by the dog.
0: An airbutt. Oh yeah, an airbutt. Oh my Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. It was it, that was like his whole weekend. He just had some he had some terrible luck and just it, things weren't going well. When, I, wrong. Right when I was
1: when I was talking to him, it, I kind of felt like with some people afterwards, it's like I kind of felt like the bully with the whole stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess on the note of of past experiences, one thing I wanted to ask you, you've played against so many players. Um, if you had to pinpoint one, uh, who do you think is the best player that you've ever had the opportunity to play against?
1: Uh, in the tournament scene, I would definitely say, uh, it would be a toss up between, uh, of course, Michael and, uh, Will Blood.
0: Okay. I was, I was wondering if you would say Will Blood because we're pretty high on Will Blood. Personally, I think he's a great player after I talked to him, like, the guy's just got a really good mind for the game, and I know you played him over at Magfest.
1: Yeah, that was that was uh, a nail biter of a game that he and I had there, and uh, I he I've I watched some of his games at uh, at Nova when he was there, and at Magfest because I was playing. Uh, Custody. so my games were over in like 30 minutes so i (laughs) had time to time to kind of scout the field as as see what other people were doing Mm -hmm. and yeah he has a real mind for for knowing where his points are coming from Mm -hmm. uh and he kind of like okay if i do this what's what's going to get me the best number of points for for my moves here and i know that uh michael does michael t holy does some of the same when he's planning out his moves Mm -hmm. uh i i don't do as much to that i kind of just like okay i'm just going to in a lot of games it's like i'm just gonna press the field and see what see what i got
0: but yeah i i know what you mean there uh ryan and i are like the two types that you just described Ryan is much more, he'll like think through everything and I'm, yeah, I kind of work on intuition and I get through my game super quickly as a result.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then on kind of the non-tournament setting, uh, even though Ben, Ben Cash hasn't played in any tournaments, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, he plays with uh, all the play testers, uh, Mike Brandt oh. and company. So he's, He's playing in a very competitive meta when he's with the with the Nova crew down there mm-hmm. in Virginia. So yeah, he's uh, he comes from a, a very, like I said a very competitive meta, and he's uh, a scientist by trade. So he definitely sits and uh, and kind of number crunches and does the statistical yeah. analysis of of everything and comes up with what would work best and kind of what would get me the most bang for my buck on a list so i can really kind of bounce things off of him and see mm-hmm. what would be what would be the most effective of say this list or what should i expect to see from someone that's a, a, a top tier player
0: yeah it sounds like he's a good player you got to get him to uh, come out to something soon
1: uh, he might be, he's going to try to go to the Third Eye event next weekend. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, very so, excited. Shane, that. are yeah. you scared? Are you
1: scared now? <laughs> well, Maybe. that was uh, this game we played tonight was, uh, we played the BAO pack, since he mm-hmm. is thinking about uh, coming up to the to Third Eye, since it's uh, the tournament's later in the evening, he can, because he has a, a board meeting he has to go to in the morning, so he can thinks he can make it up depending okay. if there's tickets it, depending if there's tickets left so
0: yeah i think what, i know that i talked to matt and he said what his plan is is uh depending on how many players they have they'll just up it by rounds so if they oh, hit okay. like 16 players they're going to do four if they hit 24 players they'll do five rounds okay so i think we're going to be good on uh, as, as far as numbers go
1: cool yeah but he's planning on on being there i don't know if he's going to bring his uh thousand sons or his his nids uh, okay. he was like i said he was playing his thousand sons uh and i know he's really happy with with them recently so
0: yeah <laughs> it, oh, i'm sure
1: you may see the dusty boys
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> uh one thing i wanted to ask you about back on the uh, asriani train mm-hmm. um so do you think that in i guess in the competitive meta right now do you think that eldar are that good or do you think that it's just been a lot of really good players that happen to be taking them or, or maybe like a combination of both and i asked this question to michael t Holy, but i want to hear your take on it as well i'm thinking it's a
1: combination of both uh the fact that you have a lot of really good players uh and either by crazy fluke or just it's the models we had that decided to to play uh Eldar and the Eldar have a lot of good tools in their toolbox if you know how to use them and this this was something that I was telling talking to people in the uh, drinking after after the event at LVO on (laughs) on a Friday it was like you know I could hand my list to someone that would be uh, a mid-tier player and I think they wouldn't be able to to really do it as do well with it but if I handed it to say Bierinid and he understood what everything does, I think he could could be at least in like a top eight. Uh, because I think it's it's the combination of good player and knowing how to use
0: use the tools. Okay. That's all I we've gone through all my questions. Oh, so well I, have, I have I have some more we, stuff I want to talk about. Uh, the other question I had was um it was just like how do you uh build a command roster basically for going into a tournament? Well, yeah. I guess we can kind of elaborate on that a little bit um, so like do you look at the tournament packet first or do you look at the state of the meta um, uh, i look
1: I look at the packet first right to see right. what what uh a lot of it for me comes down to with the packet is how secondaries are going to be are going to be played mm-hmm. uh because that really dictates how I'm going to build build my list because that's the game. A lot of time is one on secondaries more than primaries. Right. And uh, I kind of build my roster towards the secondaries and because primaries in my mind are easier to get than, uh, than secondaries in a lot of ways. So, uh, so like for a Nova uh, packet, I kind of, Build an all comers list because I don't know if I'm going to draw uh, positionals or I'm going to draw uh, kill or killy objectives or a mix of both. Now, with a, uh, you get to choose your secondaries. Then I kind of, as I said earlier, build the list to kind of a set of objectives that I want to do. So I guess that in a nutshell, is kind of kind of how i go in go into roster building, and I also kind of look at who's going to be there and mm-hmm. kind of what what uh rosters i am figuring they would bring mm-hmm. uh because uh at least in the past uh in the past year uh with the exception of a few people doing some change ups uh I was pretty pretty well able to figure. Okay, the top players are going to be bringing this type, or at least this faction, to mm-hmm. the to the event.
0: All right, really cool. Uh, yeah, and I know like you're talking about um, preparing for different things, and I mean you have the fortune of playing Osriani, which is a faction that just kind of seems to have answers to a lot of different uh, yeah. competitive play styles. So i can imagine that works out pretty well for you yeah Uh, with
1: with them it definitely does i i'm kind of curious to see how it's going to be with the with the death guard if i play them a lot this uh this season
0: yeah i was wondering is is 2020 for you going to be kind of a move away from the Ostriani, and you're going to be kind of yeah more of a death guard look
1: yeah i'm I'm thinking that i'm going to stick with the uh with the death guard a bit more uh at least in the early part of the season we'll see where i'm at when once nova rolls around but uh nova's gonna probably be where i make the decision of which uh which army i'm going to play for the rest of the the season because that'll get us into the the gts and the majors Mm -hmm. because if i'm still if i'm struggling to get get by with the the death guard i probably won't uh think about finishing the season with them i'll probably switch back to the to the eldar
0: huh. um how do you feel about like besides Asuriani? what other factions do you see as i hate to say top tier just because i hate tierless but um just like i guess like most competitive uh ad is
1: probably mm-hmm. the one i would say immediately uh i've didn't mention Alex Squires in the, but he in the, uh, when you asked who I felt some of the top players were, Mm -hmm. but I would put him in in the same category as Will Blood and Michael Holy, Mm -hmm. because he is a phenomenal player. He knows how to use that, uh, that list to its fullest potential. Uh, The game, the game I played with him on, saturday was 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 a nail biter and then the sunday game he steamrolled me but that was there was some quirky dice in that in that game yeah but uh but i feel that uh admec have the ability to be to be a uh a completely top tier list uh i also feel that uh tau of course still are are really powerful a really powerful force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. uh and i'm sure that somewhere in the uh Astartes list there's there's a list yet to be found that's going to be a a uh, a for lack of a better term a gate at least a gatekeeper list if not a top tier list
2: mm-hmm. okay yeah
1: but but also in the hold one hold more uh gray knights have a good chance mm-hmm. or i mean uh kill kill it hold yeah right
0: yeah.
1: uh the gray knights have a have a good shot at it with the with the multiple smites uh thousand Suns have a decent chance they got a a bunch of stuff that they can can bring to the table with mm-hmm. even if they don't run the dual uh sorcerer there the fact that they can bring that uh scarab occult terminator with the soul reaper and the missile rack yeah that's that's two separate weapons that could do a hell of a lot of damage Mm -hmm. to to uh to another another force so uh yeah i think those would be kind of my my top picks for what could what we could see in the uh in the top in the coming year now that being said, I don't know if you guys saw the results from Bad Moon. Oh, we uh, yeah. did.
0: Let's talk about
1: it. <laughs> and Harlequins, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? What the hell is going on there? Yeah. Three of the top five are yeah. Harlequins?
1: Yeah. First, second was,
0: and fifth. Bruh. <laughs>
1: when those when those came in, I was at Ben's house and we're like, what? Harlequins. Yeah. This is, this is, what madness is this? Yeah, <laughs> I would have
0: loved to have a stream of, of Bad Moon I, just to I know. see what happened.
1: Was uh, was Glass there?
0: Do you know? He was at Prague, which wasn't even on BCP, but I think that was a Decepticon packet, and they they okay. a Tyranid player took first.
1: Okay, I was wondering if he was at Bad Moon because I would like to get his uh, I would like to have heard his uh, take on, because yeah. I know he's always bashed on. On uh, Harlequins?
0: Yeah. And yeah. then um, there was actually an, another tournament in Spain this past weekend where a Harlequins player uh, also finished first. Yeah, I don't know if it was this weekend. It was the first GT that happened in Spain. Oh, it happened oh, the okay. same day as the the LVO GT. So it was like one of the first tournaments on ITC this year. And uh, a Harlequin player took first there, too. So, so there's so just what's, been Europe. Yeah, what's,
1: what's going on in the old world that we don't know about?
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh harlequins are uh reigning supreme over there right now death guard too uh well that's john sow uh he's a pretty good player over in spain he took first with death guard today at um the granada tourney uh the february granada tournament
1: yeah i saw that yeah i think i think the uh u.s players are going to get a lot of uh a lot of challenge from uh from the uh european players this year because yeah. they have a lot going on and there's some some good players over there from what i've seen especially coming out of spain
0: yeah 40k is huge in spain yeah yeah it feels like they have like two tournaments every weekend with like 30 players <laughs> yeah just,
1: i know it's like what how am i going to keep up with this yeah,
0: yeah. well yeah. thank goodness the itc rankings are just the top your top five performances right yeah so uh, that way they <laughs> wouldn't be able to just steamroll the world but... <laughs> Uh, tournaments. I wanted to ask you, uh, speaking of recent tournaments, you went to the Warp Charge gaming event, and you took first with Death Guard. Um, yes. You had the one streamed game, but do you just want to talk to us about about that experience? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, my first game was against a, a Tau list. Uh, it was actually my first time playing Tau in a tournament. I somehow dodged that bullet wow. through all my Eldar days. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, he was running a uh, kind of a standard, pretty bog standard towel list. He did have a stealth suit, uh, but ton of drones, uh, pathfinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because we were playing on open boards with uh, not symmetrical, non-symmetrical terrain, and I think with uh, the deployment, he got a little, a little tied up. But granted my deployment was kind of in the open just with the way the the choice of the board edges mm-hmm. came out uh, it was my my first time using the blight lord Terminator with the uh, uh the plague spewer the mm-hmm. one the heavy the heavy six uh, one yeah and I was able to uh, drop him in and he had a bunch of stuff piled up and I had him with the demo spec, and he dropped in and was able to to kill a bunch of things pretty pretty handily. So uh, I think some deployment was a big factor in that one, and him, the uh, the Tau player not having a, a bunch of some good lines of sight. So uh, my next match was against uh, Thousand Suns, not Thousand Suns uh, Gray Knights. And, uh, on that one, I ran a very, uh, pox Walker heavy, uh, heavy list. That way I could, uh, kind of eat those, eat the smites up with, with, uh, a lot of chaff mm-hmm. models and was able to, uh, kind of keep them penned in somewhat and allow my, uh, gunners to be able to to uh kill models here and there. Uh with that one, uh I chose Survivor as one of my secondaries on the because that was whatever the D12 role was that came up. And mm-hmm. I was able to uh keep a lone poxwalker safe behind behind some buildings that oh, yeah. he, he, he totally forgot that I had that. <laughs> yeah. And I kept him hidden and at the end it's like okay it puts me up over by the over the points that i needed and he did have survivor as well on his leader but he got his leader into a bad position because of a smite that the model he was in melee with was the closest model to the person that was the model that was doing the smite right, killed the mm-hmm. guy killed the poxwalker he was in melee with which left him open to to getting some blight right. launchers in the face.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, this
1: next one. Uh, was that was, against was Matt lot, Howell? Yeah, that was on against Matt Howell on the stream.
0: Yeah, that, that was, was a good game. I, I caught. I was able to catch that one live. Um, yeah. He's a pretty good player. So.
1: Yeah, he's a really good. He's he's a very good player, and uh, the. Nurgle tactic of Grasping Tentacles is super useful for a uh, Death Guard or a Plague Marine fighter. Just the fact it's a single CP and you can't, uh, whoever you're in combat with can't go anywhere. And it doesn't leave your combat person just kind of ass in the wind if it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to fall back. Nope. and yeah you're you're stuck with me here's three attacks
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah that's yeah, brutal. yeah I'm not i'm not too familiar with death guard so i've heard about that tactic before but i wasn't entirely sure how how it actually worked but knowing that that's uh that's powerful mm-hmm. that's definitely a good yeah, one
1: and you de- and you play it at the beginning of the the movement phase so even if you're going second you're you can say okay you're not moving uh, anywhere
0: wow yeah, yeah. so good.
1: Yeah, and there's yeah. another Death Guard tactic that uh, was useful for me against the Tau, in that was uh, the, uh, like the three-eyed fly or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's if you control three objective points, uh, you play that at the beginning of your following the turn, after that you would have full control of those. And all of your disgusting resilience are on four up as long as you're with <laughs> as, as long as you're within three inches of the uh the objective of uh. those three objectives. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I okay. I used that and I had a poxwalker that just would not die. <laughs> the Berserkers are I mean, I faced it against Will Blood and uh it can be a a tough road to hoe (laughs) in in -hmm. a lot of ways because just that sheer volume of attacks is it can be crazy uh oh yeah (laughs) luckily uh i did kill off enough cultists and everything to force the break test before before he got back into the back lines of of my team uh I did run the Blight Lord in that game as well, and was able to drop him into the backfield, his back Matt's backfield, and was able to kill uh, one or two uh, cultists every turn. That was able to to get me the the uh, to force the break test on him, which, like I said, was key in that in that game because once he broke, uh, everything everything shook. And that was pretty much game because I was able to hold all the objectives uh or the hold one and hold more. And I was always going to get at least one kill on him mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of that the rest of that game.
0: Yeah, I remember watching and uh, it it was actually almost kind of a shame because it was it was a pretty exciting game. And then that break test came through for Matt yeah. and he just like fell apart, like the whole team just kind of shattered
1: right and that's he was running uh a lot of cultists and that that's really what did it is just that weight of numbers Mm -hmm. uh for when he he, whenever he broke uh there was just no way he could he could keep anybody that uh not from shaking other than Mm -hmm. other than the uh potential of rolling a one or uh insane bravery
2: yeah
0: yeah so um I guess outside of that, I have to ask because i i know you you won the w c g obviously the that tournament um a lot of your events in 2019 was just you placed really high, but you ne- were never able to quite get that first place in a tournament. Was that your first like actual like big turn like biggest tournament win
1: uh no, in nova uh last year, I won a bunch of the pods
0: okay, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I, that's what really bumped my score up is I took, uh, two pods, uh, one on Thursday, one on Friday, and then I took second in one of the other pods. Okay. Uh, so that's what, uh, what really boosted my score. But in, uh, in the majors and the, uh, or the major and the, uh, two GTs that I played in, yeah, I was kind of. Always the bridesmaid, never, never the bride. In a lot of those, where I'd uh, place really high, but just not enough to to get the uh, to get the win. And I think some of that is uh, if things start going sideways for me early on, I kind of get into my own head, and it just kind of I get into this spiral, and it just it just I might make bad decisions or feel like I just give up and i mean that's kind of uh if you watch my game against michael Holy at uh at uh socal uh just things didn't go my way early on in that game and i just started doing some uh things it's like throw throw it at the wall and see what sticks yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh it's something that i i'm Intimately familiar with it. It's like like I said, I just get into my own head and <laughs> and kind of am my own worst enemy at times.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've definitely been down that path where like you lose a crucial guy early on and then it's just like, geez, like what am I gonna do? Like mm-hmm. it feels like that so much of your plan is tethered yeah. to like and a couple crucial models and if you lose them early on, then it's it's demoralizing.
1: Yeah. Uh I know they say it in in uh athletics, it's like you get into the quicksand. And oh. then it's like you just get the doom and gloom, and just keep dragging yourself down. The more you try to, to to dig your way out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was there only three games at that WCG?
1: Uh, I thought there was four, but I'm drawing a blank on my on what the I'm... fourth game would have been.
0: Okay. And the last one. Um, did you get the chance to see or play against uh, George's crew?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> at that I didn't. Tournament? I did not get to play against the crew.
0: Yeah. I know he had some success with it. Funny enough.
1: Yeah. And he beat the towel. That was, uh,
0: I don't even, I can't even begin to imagine how you would go about doing that. But
1: so, uh, some of the other kind of highlights, uh, at LVO, uh, there were some, there was a lot of good players there. Uh, some some that i played against there was a admet or not an admec a uh astra militarum mm-hmm. guy that i played against who was uh who was good at getting his synergies with his with his models to line up uh just being sure that all his spacing was correct now he was running uh uh whatever the crusader got. Guy- God God Godfrey de
0: Godfrey.
1: <laughs> that guy is a pain in the ass yes, yes. he
0: is a yeah i hate for, him i'm the proud all, owner of one of those models but i hate him
1: for the <laughs> for the points for all the more he costs yeah it's just uh that guy <laughs> yeah, yeah it's
0: yeah. absolutely insane
1: although i did almost get to Kill him on an Overwatch with a Flamer.
0: So that, that would have been hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I uh the first time I ever played against Godfrey, I was I was running a list of Flayed ones, and I charged the Godfrey with five Flayed ones, and he he decisive strike with it, and he had five attacks, and he put one attack into each of them, and he killed four of my Flayed ones. Yeah, and then I and then I attacked with the last Flayed one, and somehow he failed all three armor saves, and I killed him with the Flayed one, but just a ridiculous model for for 20 points for 20 points yeah uh,
1: and w- one of the other uh anecdote uh things from uh from lvo was this was in uh this must have been on the saturday gt i played against uh one of the other asher yani players um mm-hmm. uh, drawing, a, drawing a blank on his name right now it wasn't uh it wasn't Dakota, and it wasn't uh, Alex. Will
0: Will Reinbold, maybe?
1: Yeah, Will. That was okay. his name. Uh, I played against him, and I had a uh, Guardian uh, Gunner with a Flamer that was in sitting on an objective, and he could just not dislodge that guy. He the the uh, Guardian had two flesh wounds, and he was dumping star cannons into this guy and I was constantly making uh the old way saves so it was just this this guy just would the guardian that would not die
2: yeah
1: (laughs) and he's I think he tanked a striking scorpion attacking him and Mm -hmm. but it was just one of those uh one of those funny funny things that comes up in a uh in a game and especially in a tournament where you're playing that many that many games in a row.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you, I forget, I'm drawing a blank right now at, at LVO on Sunday. Did you play Alex squares in the first round or did you play him in a semifinal?
1: Uh, I played him in the first round that.
0: Day. Oh, okay. All right.
1: Yeah. It was a rematch of the night before because the night before I played him the last game and mm. lost by like a point. Uh-huh. And then the, morning game uh on sunday i played him and things just didn't go my way and it was again Mm -hmm. one of those uh things that were like all the dice were in his favor in that first turn and i kind of got into my own head and uh just spiraled out of control (laughs) in the uh in the game and just if i took a wound a a model died and was off the board so his injury rolls just were four plus on all of them.
0: Yeah, so, that's always a unfortunate situation is when just yeah. every injury is just coming through.
1: Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that put me down uh, into the the bottom four, and then I played uh, Alex the kid again, yeah and I kind of knew what to expect that time from playing in the night before or on in the pods. So I really kind of knew what his game plan was going to be, and was able to was able to counter counter him pretty effect effectively.
0: Yeah, you had a lot of uh, rematches that day, then. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and then I played the uh, speed hammer game against Glass.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah.
1: <clears throat> we got the two turns in, and it looked like uh, it it definitely was going to go my way uh-huh, because yeah. he because I had that uh, wraith. Uh, with the D scythe in and he just didn't have anything for it to counter it.
0: Yeah. That was what took him out against Michael T. Holy the second yeah. time around. I'm pretty and, sure glass yeah. had some sleepless nights thinking about that. D.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. And, and the fact that you can uh, fall back and still shoot and retreat mm-hmm. and still shoot. It's just yeah. phenomenal.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, Michael T. Holy, he didn't even realize that that was a thing with the Wraith guard. Until like during the tournament, yeah. he yeah. like realized, oh, this guy can fall back and still shoot. this is amazing, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: he realized that when he was in the uh fighting his way back to the top when he was yeah. in the amongst the uh other players mm-hmm. and yeah that's a uh, that's something huge with that with that, especially with the decyfe
2: yeah, because
1: yeah. just the strength ten even though it's only one damage uh it can lay out the hurt
0: yeah. It's perfect for killing things like Necrons. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is the, what's the point cost for the Wraith Guard?
1: Uh, 41 points.
0: 41, and that's yeah. with the D scythe. Okay, yeah. yeah. The fact that it can like basically like halfway fly, uh, that, that, <laughs> that model, even though it's 40 points, I think it has tremendous value.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth its points. Uh, I know a lot of people were, were afraid of it uh, to take it, in in the past in the uh the uh, nova meta but in uh in the hold one kill one meta uh, it's definitely definitely worth its points mm-hmm. because uh if someone wants to take it out they have to dedicate throwing basically everything they have at it yeah unless they mm-hmm. have like a a big big weapon like a melda gun or a fusion gun or or something like that yeah. Cuz just with its strength and toughness, it's it's a beast.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So uh what's the next? Obviously there's TEG coming up, but after that, uh, I assume you're planning on on going to Nova and um what's uh, are there other big events coming up this year that you're planning on uh hitting up, I guess in the next 5-6 months?
1: Uh I wanted to go to uh Adepticon, but I missed the uh window for the tickets and they they yeah. were sold out whenever I decided to decided mm. to look into that. But yeah. I, mean, I that think I the... looked
0: at those tickets like three, three, four months ago and they were sold out for the <laughs> kill team. And I was like, I'm yeah. joking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when I, when I initially was thinking about it, it was one of those, okay, either adepticon or LVO. And I, I chose LVO instead. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, well, uh, we're, yeah, our, the, our tournament in uh, Rochester is happening that same day. Is that uh, Adepticon as Adepticon, tournament? yeah, no. So, yeah, uh, I,
1: did, I did see that. So, yeah, you might see my uh, smiling face coming up there. All with, right, uh, perfect. With my Death Guard. <laughs> Very uh, cool. But the other uh, things that I'm looking at uh, through the fall of this year, uh, Nova, of course. Uh-huh. Um, right. And then uh, I'm just going to kind of keep an eye out for on the uh facebook uh the competitive kill team facebook group to see what might be uh what might be coming up in yeah
0: there in there's
1: pennsylvania.
0: another sorry go ahead
1: yeah in the pennsylvania new jersey new york area
0: mm-hmm. um there's another event april 2nd i think it's long island tabletop gaming is doing a tournament yeah and uh that's like garden city new york okay. um and that'll be lvo yeah i believe be LVO, packet. Packet. okay yeah, uh, we're going to try and go to all the major East Coast ones. So Right. Wherever you go, you might you might see us there. Yeah. Are you guys, guys going to be at Nova? Um we're going to try. I'm I mean I'm planning on it. Yeah. But yeah. The the fact that it's, the, it's a Thursday Friday makes it a little harder. We're still going to try and I'm still going to try and go. Yeah, we were thinking more so about the team tournament actually yes. because that happens on the Saturday. Uh yeah, I mean if the issue, yeah, like I said, the biggest issue for me is that the, the, the one-person tournament, like the non-team tournament, is happening Thursday-Friday, Right. I guess, to avoid the, the 40k overlap. But I, there, there's, I mean, there's overlap, in my opinion, but I, I feel like they're going to lose more players putting it on Thursday than they would if they overlapped with 40k. But yeah, yeah, I agree with that. We'll see. Uh,
1: I know there was some some overlap last year with some of the players <clears throat> that were in the pods on Thursdays, uh-huh. uh, that they were like, oh, no, I'm playing in the 40k friday saturday so hmm. uh mileage may vary but that's just what what we saw saw yeah. last year and i know nova uh sticks with that hold one hold two hold more because of uh them being tied so closely with um, games workshop uh, yeah. with, the play, with the play testing uh that they're they're kind of in tight tight mm-hmm. there
0: mm-hmm. that so, would make sense
1: so yeah, that's why they tend to stick with what the GW is put out for
0: mm-hmm. for
1: their their tourna- tournament tournament set. Mm-hmm. And the same way with the uh, the way they have the terrain and everything.
0: Gotcha. Uh, are you going to be doing the team tournament at Nova?
1: Yes, I am. We already oh, got sick. our we already got our team
0: oh, team together.
1: So, uh it's myself, uh, Matt Howell, or however oh. however his last name's pronounced. I I know it looks like it should be Howell, but it's not pronounced that way. Oh.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've always it of how Okay. Bernard's uh, on the team and Alex Squires.
0: Oh. Okay. You've got some West Coasters on your team. Yeah. Oh, so uh, so we're, yeah.
1: we're East and West here.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, I see. Very cool. Yeah. So, oh, yeah we, uh, I'm interested in seeing how a team tournament's gonna going to work out for Yeah. Now.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm really interested in, in seeing. And I know it's, uh, you can't have overlap as far as your, your uh, uh, factions, but Mm -hmm. uh, given what the four of us play, I don't think there's going to be any, any real overlap.
0: Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, was there anything else, Ryan, that you wanted to touch on? No, I, I think the, we've about covered it, unless you've got something. Yeah, no, I think we've pretty much exhausted uh, everything we prepared. Yeah. So um, I uh, I look forward to seeing you at Third Eye Games mm-hmm. in yeah. a few weeks. That'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Ryan is unable to make it, but no. I'll be there. Too mm-hmm. bad. You know, yeah. Hopefully, yeah.
1: I, hopefully I can get a game with you out there.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. I don't know how they're seeding it by... Uh, like the rounds because if they're doing it based on itc and it's like the ladder style we might play in the first round yeah which would be a lot of fun Mm -hmm.
1: um yeah i don't know how they're seeding it if it's going to be that way or if it's going to be a first come first serve kind of yeah well we'll see yeah
0: (laughs) yeah uh well thank you so much for coming on and talking to us yeah we appreciate it
1: hey no problem so what do you bring into third eye
0: oh i guess i should tell you you just gave me so much of your death guard yeah, uh, right. <laughs> insider info i'm gonna be taking demons
1: okay which which variety of demons
0: uh the uh the mixed variety okay you're not, uh, I, you're not going mixed demons yeah i don't i don't go the one the one i have Single a lot of faction. opinions yeah i have a lot of opinions on demons and the way that that people use them um i i do a combination of of different stuff
1: cool well i yeah. look forward to seeing it
0: yeah i look forward to seeing the death Guard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah.
1: Hey, no problem. Anytime, guys.
0: Thank Perfect. you. Yeah. See you around, Janice. Yep. See ya. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Command Point Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen, as it helps more listeners find our podcast. And this also helps to grow the Warhammer 40,000 Kill Team community.